Break up the Bears. That's right. I said it. Break up the Bears. Justin Fields is the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Did you know Justin Fields is leading the NFL in touchdown passes? And Eberflus, of course, is the coach of the year. American radio host Don LaGreco goes nuts on a player. We kind of dig it. But the Bears are the story today. Bears, Bears, and rest in peace to number 51, an idol to all of us that grew up in that area. Don't start. Don't at me. Starts now. What? You know, there is absolutely nothing I like more than a good rant. I do. I mean, well, there's a lot of things I like more. My wife in a bikini, a nice deep dish pizza. You know what I'm saying. But take all that aside in sports, particularly in sports media, there's nothing I like more than a good rant. I saw my rant yesterday on Michigan State that the boys put out there on Twitter. And I got to tell you, the fire in my eyes was spectacular. I've never really seen those eyes because I'm usually the one doing those eyes. I remember my kids would always be like, Dad, and you look so mad. I go, no, I'm not. They go, well, your eyes tell me you are. Anyway, I digress. You know I love a good rant. Well, there's a kid named Evan Neal. Evan Neal is a bad offensive tackle on a bad team, the New York Giants. Evan Neal and the New York football Giants got booed on Monday night. Well, guess what? Evan Neal did not like it. Evan Neal said this, why would I? A lion concern himself with the opinion of sheep. Now, you got to understand something. This is a big meathead football guy saying. This meathead football guy saying has been going on forever. The person that's coming, uh, that's coming up, really a fan when we're out there battling our ass off and the game wasn't going well. But wait, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? How can you say you're really a fan when you're out when we're out there battling our asses off and the game wasn't going well, but the best you can do is boo your home team? So how much of a fan are you really? You're a big fan because we know, clown, you're gonna be gone, somebody else will be in there, and people will still be buying tickets. That's this clown, Evan Neal, another entitled athlete. The NFL is the gift that keeps giving, but Don LaGreco, host, legendary host in New York City, he wasn't having it. And you know me. I like a good radio rant. Let's hear from Dom. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'd cut his ass. I would. How dare you? How dare you? These people pay your salary. They pay an obnoxious amount of money to park, an obnoxious amount of money for PSLs to sit there and watch this pap, and you call them hamburger flippers? What, you're so much better? I'd rather have a guy that's flipping hamburgers block than your piece of garbage ass. Who the hell are you to talk to fans like that? You piece of garbage. I hate when players do that. You're not above us. What, because you happen to play a sport? You make them, you're better than me? You're better than the people that pay your salary? These giant fans were here before you, and they'll be here after your sorry ass is cut. I ain't wrong right there. Now, you know my stance on calling people pieces of garbage, but I got to tell you, this one was warranted. It was. It's a radio show in New York. Radio is fiery. I like it. Indianapolis, fiery radio gets everybody sad. It makes media cry. It makes bosses whine. But New York City, that's what it's supposed to be. Well, Evan Neal heard because it wasn't only LaGreca. It was a bunch of other 
people as well, mostly fans. So Evan O'Neill did what cowardly lions do because he is a lion or so he says. Here is his response to that. I'm wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me. I know right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things I said. We're working day in and day out to grow as a team. And that was an unnecessary distraction. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I don't really care. I know morons, fun to be morons. And Evan O'Neill, just another guy. See, this is the problem with athletes. They just don't shut up. Like, yeah, you're a big-time fan if you boo. Yeah, because you care enough. Look, you'd rather have them booing than, like, Indiana football. They walk out at halftime of every game. Indiana football was so bad the other day, they played an overtime game, and when, a, when the action was down here on this side, the fans went down there. There were so few fans. And the next overtime, it moved to the other end of the field, and the entire crowd moved. I mean, come on, people. You'd rather have them staying in the stands and booing than leaving. I don't know what kind of reaction this Evan Neal will get. Most people kiss the you-know-what of players. But, hey, what are you going to do? NFL last night, first and foremost, numero 51, the great Dick Butkus, an idol to all of us in Chicago, passed away yesterday at 80 years old. I have a Butkus story, but it's not necessarily Dick Butkus. My second high school varsity game as a junior, we're playing a school called TF North, Thornton Fractional, south side of Chicago. They were coming into our little gym. I walk into our little gym for the JV game, and there's Dick Butkus sitting right there. I mean, right there. And I'm like, holy heck. But it wasn't. It was his brother who looked exactly like Dick Butkus. I'm like, what's Butkus doing here? Come to find out that Dick Butkus' nephew, Mark Butkus, who ended up being really good, also at Illinois, was the center for the other team. So I'm like, wow, Butkus, all right. And when we got to the center circle, he bumped into one of my friends, one of our guards, and says, I'm going to break your neck tonight. And we kind of believed it. We did. We kind of believed. Hey, look, his name is Butkus. There's a dude that looks like Dick Butkus. Mark Butkus, his nephew, looked just like that right there, except he was 15 or 17 or 18 years old. I mean, Butkus's look like Butkus's, but that man was ferocious. Only nine years in the NFL, eight times a pro bowler, two-time defensive player of the year. And really, when you think of the NFL and its growth, you think of guys like Butkus and Sayers and Nitschke, right? You think of uh, uh, Bart Starr. You know, you just think of those guys that were great back in the 60s that made the league grow, and Butkus personified it. And Butkus was, in my opinion, the man. I remember I went one time uh, at, at Halloween as Dick Butkus. Um, it's easy. You get a set of knee or shoulder pads, get yourself a helmet, and get a 51 jersey. And you too, ladies and gentlemen, could be Buckus. Anyway, we beat the living hell out of his nephew, though. And so Dick Butkus passed away. You see it right there. Chicago Vocational High School, home of not only Buckus, but Juwan Howard and others. Big old school that you see right on the toll road as you come from Indiana, just over the Skyway. Rest in peace, Dick Butkus. Uh, my friend Aaron, who is the HMFIC of this show, 
he called it. He's a Redskin fan, and he said the Bears are going to play like the 85 Bears, and the Commanders are going to play like, well, the Commanders, and he was not wrong. 40 to 20 last night, and it was early and often. For some reason, I bought in to what my friend Aaron was going to say, and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. I took big money, a big money parlay. And one of the parlay numbers was 193 passing yards. That's what it was for Justin Fields. He damn near had that in the first quarter. And then the other one, I can't, I don't know who I got this from. It might have been our new star, Kelly in Vegas, or it might have been Ariel Epstein. I can't remember. But one of the two, somewhere, somebody gave me over 13 or 12 and a half yards rushing for Sam Howell. I took that in a parlay, and I got to tell you, I'm going to Sizzler. Actually, I'm going to Wolfie's tonight after I play golf for a couple beers with some friends of mine, but I'll be buying because I won money. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Taylor can give a smooch to my backside. That's right. I said it. I meant it. Give a little kiss to the tush, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor got up in front of the media yesterday, America's softest media, America's whiniest media, and basically said, right now I'm here. And that's all he needed to say. He did not need to say anything else. Once he said that, I understand that he's not committed to be a cult. Whatever else he said did not matter. I am here. Okay. And the number one goal is to attack this first practice. Blah, blah. It's been over 290 days. Blah, blah. The season is here. Blah, blah. We got the Tennessee Titans on the clock. Blah, 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 blah. I used to tell my kids when they were little, what do you hear when you hear mommy talk? Blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? What did I hear when I hear JT talk? Blah, 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 blah. Hope he has a good game. I assume he's going to play. I mean, why do a press conference if you're not going to play? Nice kid, talented kid, great smile, well-spoken, could go to Harvard, all the happy horse bleep that we hear about him. And I'm glad. I'm really glad about that. But I got to tell you, once he said, I'm here for now, that's Paul George. Paul George said at a big celebrity softball tournament that we have in downtown Indy, yeah, I'm a pacer today. Ten minutes later, Paul George, he gone. And that's what we're used to. Victor Oladipo. He gone. What can I tell you? Last year, I went to the Army-Navy game. My wife, Lee, and I got tickets from Navy SID Scotty Strassmeyer, who was a friend of mine from IU. He hooked us up. Yo. We stayed at the hotel. It was in Philadelphia. We were on the field with Sage Steele and the Bachelorette's Chris Harrison. But now, all of a sudden, you can't stay in the hotels. The game is in Baston. From Boston. Uh, listen to this. Geary Hotel Management Company, the company that managed the Comfort Inn in Foxborough, Best Western Hotels in Sharon and Franklin, confirmed it is providing shelter and support to refugees. We consider it a privilege to offer a safe haven to those who have been forced to flee their homes due to challenging circumstances. Our enthusiasm stems from our belief in the fundamental values of compassion and unity. Yeah. How ironic, one of the biggest football games in America at Gillette Stadium, the home of the New England Patriots, we can't find rooms for people that have fought for and sacrificed for our country because we have people living in rooms that are not from this country. That's from a rep, Republican, representing the 5th Barnstable District. That's unbelievable. 
People that fought and served and their families want to go to the game. It's a tradition. It's an unbelievable tradition. Like, I would go just to hang out in a hotel and look at just great people having a great time telling stories. I would. I'd go there like it's my job. But you can't now because, well, military veterans are getting the boot because we got to make damn sure that we take care of people that are in this country illegally. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And don't give me that crap about leaving because of challenges. Most of them are leaving because they're freaking criminals. Or they're planted here by cartels or by China. Don't even give me that crap. Makes me nuts. Makes me absolutely nuts that that's what we do to our veterans. But that's the world that we live in. That's the idiotic, ridiculous world that we live in where everybody has to front. Everybody has to act. And I'll get into Roanoke College's president in a minute here. But it's a bunch of crap. Let's get back to college football. Billy Napier is a bad coach. Uh, he wasn't a bad coach, and he got to Florida, and he's a bad coach. Team plays bad. Team don't look good. Team looks disorganized. And Billy was asked about losing to Vanderbilt last season, and old Billy wasn't happy about it. Let's hear from Billy. We're somewhat similar to Kentucky. I mean, Vanderbilt's coming in here, and you guys had a struggle there. This is 2023. Oh, Billy, shut the hell up. Just shut up. This is 2023. The guy didn't ask it to be a jackass. Now, most times I don't, I don't side with media, and you know this. But here, I'm going to side with media. The guy didn't ask it to be a fool. The guy didn't ask it to be a clown. The guy was pretty nice about the way he asked, and it is a fact. It's 2023. Okay, Billy, then I don't want to hear any of your, about any of your great players from back in the day at Lafayette. I don't want to hear what you did when you beat whoever a few weeks ago, Tennessee. If it's 2023, then keep it in 2023. If it's October 6th or 7th, then keep it October 6th or 7th. Shut the living hell. Up with that. No, 2023. Okay, Billy. All right. We're, uh, oh, man. Billy Napier is mad. Son of a biscuit maker. Son of a biscuit maker. Not Billy Napier mad. My God, man. If Billy Napier is mad, how are we going to exist? It can't happen. We can't do this. It's horrendous. Billy Napier, I got a butt cheek. Give it a smooch. Uh, Oh, Fitzy is suing the school. That's right. Pat Fitzgerald is suing his school, Northwestern. I swear to God, as much as I think Fitzgerald is a really good coach that did a great job there, but is a bit of a meathead, I never thought I would ever, ever, ever hear that. He is Mr. Northwestern. He was Northwestern Athletics. But old Fitzy got the boot because he didn't know that his naked-ass big fat linemen were soaping up and making dudes crawl between their cranks. I don't know what they were doing exactly, but Fitzy is saying, hey, wait a second. Hold the phone here. I ain't going down easy. You fired me wrongfully. I didn't know. And if you're going to fire me, then you got to fire the AD and you got to fire the president. Isn't that the chain? Everybody was supposed to know. But I got to tell you, Fitzy, I usually side with coaches. I do. But if it happened in your locker room, and it happened more than once, I don't know what to tell you. You didn't have control of your locker room. Hey, I'm not saying you should know what's going on at the downtown bar when maybe they're making freshmen drink shots. I don't know. But when it's in your locker room, that's a big difference. And we all know what Northwestern's doing here. We all know that Northwestern is, well, C-Y-A. Cover your ass. That's all they're doing. Like Fitzy, 
I know you got your military stuff going on, but did the military let the fat guys dangle their twangs and make guys soap up? What are we doing here? What exactly is going on, Fitzy? I hope you get $130 million. I hope you get $130 million. I had a source tell me that Northwestern's thinking about getting out of the athletics business. I ain't buying it. No, nah, I'm seriously, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I won't buy it. And I can't buy it. This is weird. Chicago youth program, football program, is being kicked out of their neighborhood field so it can become a home to migrants. Come on, peoples. And now, you know this, and you're right, some of you are actually going to vote for this guy. Some of you are actually going to vote uh, for Joe Biden. You are. You're going to vote for him, and I'm going to be astonished. Let's go to the video. Kids are being kicked out. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on there, but a lot of people not happy. See, the African-American community is starting to wake up. The African-American community is starting to wake up to the fact that Democrats suck, that Democrats are shysters, that Democrats aren't for you. Hell, Hillary Clinton just said we all need to be deprogrammed if you're not a Democrat. Even my own family member called me a far-right guy. You always get called names. You do. You get called names when you don't just blindly agree with a liberal or a kind of liberal. It's fascinating to me. But the African-American community, you need to wake up. You need to do two things. You need to get some leadership in your community and stop with all the freaking crime. And you need to understand that what's going on here with the Democratic Party ain't helping you. It ain't. They're bringing these people in to replace you. They're bringing these folks in to take your vote. And you're starting to understand it. Not like I'm some genius, but... Hell, as dumb as I am, I can figure that out. But more importantly, particularly here in Indianapolis, I hear about these great communities. Well, you need to start having some leadership policing your community because it's out of control, at least here in Indy. More shootings this morning. Uh, I don't get this, and I don't really care, but I know the media sucks, so I'll comment on it. Max Homa, who was the alpha dog of the Ryder Cup, he is, well, he's stepping out. He's upset about the, the way Patrick Cantlay and the spat, alleged spat, in the Ryder Cup room was portrayed by the media. Here's what he had to say. They said they had different dressing rooms than we did, talking about Cantlay. Uh, Hilarious. They said that they don't eat with us. They said that they don't do X, Y, and Z, Cantlay and Xander, and it was just funny because it was like our team room didn't even have doors on it. So we're all in the same room. There was no division. So it was even very weird to find out all that news and deal with all that. Oh, man, life's tough. Life's tough for the country club kids. Speaking of country club kids, I'm not going to lie. I like me some Max Homa. I like me more some Brooks Kepka. Here's why I like Brooks Kepka. You know I got a story. Back when I was a kid, I meant to get this picture today and I forgot. Back when I was a kid, I liked to play golf. We played on a public course Gary in Gary, Indiana, 35th and Broadway, South Gleason. South Gleason, it cost us a buck to a buck 50 to play. Play all day. It was our course. Well, it wasn't our course, but we played on And every year, all the kids, I mean a ton of us, they had a junior Lake Porter amateur. All the kids from Lake County, Gary, Porter County, Valpo, would sign up and we'd play in this match play tournament. 
And my dad always tell me, if you ever get to the finals, I'll caddy for you. I got to the finals when I was about 16 or 15. I beat a bunch of country club kids. That's right. And I beat them wearing gym shoes and a Purdue t-shirt. And I wore it every day because I didn't like the country club kids. Why? I was jelly. We could only play at the country club Mondays from 9 to noon, and they would turn the sprinklers on because we were caddies. It was literally caddy shack. But anyway, I say that because Brooks Kepka, he wasn't holding back. He started talking about Kepka. Well, let's go through it. This guy Shipnick, who's a writer that they're all mad at, described a scene in which Kepka Johnson, his wife Paulina, Pat Perez, and his wife Ashley, partying at a private bar in Ireland around the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. Perez thanked Johnson profusely for recruiting him to live, the implication being that it changed his life financially. Well, Chip, well, Kepka chimed in with a chip on his shoulder. F all those country club kids who talk S about me, the book says, referring to golfers like Spieth and Thomas. I've had enough of Thomas, and I've had enough of Spieth. You think I give a F what they think? You think I'm going to, you think I care what people say? I just had three surgeries and I'm supposed to turn down $130 million? I grew up with nothing. After signing a contract, the first person I called was my mom and we cried. Now his mom has refuted that. But hey, let me explain something to you. He's right. I totally get it. I do. You're a little country club kid. I love beating your ass. Now, I wasn't good enough. And then the country club kid that I actually like, Danny Vitamus, beat me like a drum in the final, but I didn't care. I'd beaten a bunch of dudes that played on golf teams that belonged or lived on the course. So they needed their backside beat. I am Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Meanwhile, Justin Thomas mad at this Shipnick guy. Justin Thomas, he of no chin. Uh, dropping the F word back in the day, and seemingly because he's a nice guy, recovered for it. I'd like to speak on behalf of a lot of tour players, say we're sick of Alan Shipnick doing what he does. Bring positivity like you dropping the F word. Not the F bomb, the F word. And good stories to help grow the game, not try and make money bashing guys, earning zero trust, a lot of incorrect information, ridiculous. Eh. Eh. I got to tell you, I'm also tired of The Rock. Why am I tired of so many people? I don't know. The Rock, I think, is really smart, great businessman, but he seems smug to me. I'm not sure why. He seems kind of dense and smug. I did like his show Ballers, I think is what it was called. First time I ever heard a Britney Spears song. I stay out too late. I went the day. I can't remember the song was the first time I heard it. So good for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's like, hey, look, I want you to come play in our XFL. Cap. Well, Cap can't play in the XFL. If Cap plays in the XFL, he loses martyr status. And people will interview him, and they'll be like me and go, wait a second. This guy portrays himself as a modern-day Jesus. He, he talks with a lisp. He sounds stupid. What are we doing? Stay quiet. Mark Twain said, right, a fool and his money will soon depart. He also said, better to stay silent and thought a fool than to talk and remove all doubt. Cappy. Stay where you're at, big boy. Stay where you're at. Let me continue. Trans influencer. Remember this thing, Dylan Mulvaney? Dylan Mulvaney is encouraging other companies to follow Bud Light's method of operation, hire more trans. Look at this thing. If you're going to ask us to capitalize on our vulnerabilities and our traumas, oh, shut up. 
At least have our backs when the going gets tough. Supporting and hiring trans people should not be political and the people making it out to be their bigots. And we should not let them win. Yeah, okay, we're all bigots. Yeah, okay. You got it, lady. Guy, whatever the hell you are. Whatever. Uh, despite making 870 k in San Francisco and endorsement deals, Brock Purdy still lives with one of his friends. Let's hear from Brock Purdy. What is the reality for question, Brock Purdy at home? So I still have a roommate, one of the offensive linemen here. So he and I are, you know, still splitting rent. Um, I still drive, you know, my uh, Toyota Sequoia. And other than that, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. Look, let's be honest, 870 k doesn't go as far as 870 k used to go, right? 870 k take half of that for taxes. He lives in a hellhole where everything is expensive. He got nothing. Good for him having a roommate. He should drive an old car. What's he supposed to do? 870 k Guys taking a dump in the middle of the street make 870 k in that crap hole of a city. Hey, Mel Tucker, here's a shocker. Brenda Tracy was a little bit of a, oh, I don't want to say it, but let's put it this way. Mel Tucker is sharing evidence that, you know what? Brenda Tracy, his accuser, was not only stupid old Mel, but she was also stupid David Stoudemire, the Mary, ladies and gentlemen, Georgia Tech basketball coach. I got to tell you, they're just throwing it around with the Celtics. Stoudemire was with the Celtics. Remember that Uduko guy? He was throwing it around with, while he was married with some staffer. Celtics got a little sex thing going. Yeah, they do. Well, Stoudemire left. How about Stoudemire? He's minding his own business, hoping like hell it doesn't come out that he's given the business to this Brenda Tracy. Next thing you know, it comes out. Hey, uh, Damon, what's this about? What, 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 what happened was, no, look, we all knew this woman was a dirtbag, and we know Mel's a dirtbag. You got to be careful saying it because she portrays herself as a victim, which maybe she is. The letter in part alleges Tracy's motivation for filing a claim or financial. I'm filing a formal complaint with Michigan State, she wrote. My lawyer said that we can let them know we want to come to an agreement that doesn't have to go to hearing or anything he wants. According to the messages, money is the only resource to make him feel like there's a punishment. And when they do the money, I should make him pay me 10K directly. Good for you, Brenda Tracy. She said also that she was down to her last $5 and she had IRS bills. All right. Gee, I am shocked. I cannot believe that this woman is trying to extort. You know who is right about this whole deal? Disgraced wide receiver coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Zach Smith. He knew Brenda Tracy, and he had been very public. You know who else was? Uh, our guy, Jay, what's his name, Jason Brown, the coach from uh, Last Chance U. He's been all over this. It's interesting that coaches knew. It's interesting that I had a number of coaches tell me uh, that knew, oh, man, she's throwing it around. My sister-in-law asked me what I thought about Brenda Tracy and Mel Tucker, and I said, they're both dirtbags. She didn't really like the answer. I don't know what to tell you. She said, well, I didn't read anything about her in USA Today. And you know how it goes. When you don't give people the answer they want, they don't want to hear the rest, and I let it go. But, hey, I sent it to my brother. Here you go. This is what I knew. Now, I didn't say it publicly because I knew it was also going to come out, but there you go. Hey, uh, Utah's NIL group gave every scholarship player Dodge Ram, 1,500 trucks, 85 trucks given out. How about that? Good for them. I'm happy for them. Y'all got a truck. I got to tell you, 
I think I'd go. I don't know. I don't know. Those are expensive trucks. I don't know if some of the guy, the backup snapper, is name, image, and likeness. This seems like a little bit of pay to play, but I honestly don't care. And anybody that does, good for you. You're a better human being than me. Pay everybody. Give them gazillions. What do I care? Just don't bitch when they're all broke later on in life because they think life owes them stuff. Hey, Merrill Hodge is coming up. I can't wait. Merrill, former Steeler legend, also played for the Bears. Merrill and I are going to talk about Matt Canada. I knew Matt Canada back in the day. I did. I got a little bit of salacious stuff on Matt Canada, but I won't go into it. I didn't know him, but I knew what he was doing. He was a grand assistant in Indiana. We'll be right back. Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com bet. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. You know him, you love him, he's a legend. He is Merrill Hodge, ladies and gentlemen. Merrill, uh, before we get going, I talked about Dick Butkus, the impact he had on the league, the legend of Dick Butkus. Give me your thoughts on the passing yeah. of one of the NFL's all-timers. Yeah, well, you know, Dan, when I saw that, um, I will tell you, thing, a lot of emotions ran through me. Um, I was a Walter Payton fan as a kid. Um, he was my favorite player. Um, when you think of some of the most iconic players not just you know in Chicago history but in NFL history I mean Dick Buckus and Walter Payton are are a couple of those people you know they don't they don't just resonate with you know Chicago fans and Bear fans which I was a Bear fan as a kid and a Steeler fan as a kid and you know both those organizations quite honestly have um iconic players but Dick Dick, Dick Buckus was probably and I still believe one of one of if you when you talk about linebackers and you know, kind of linebacker you have to be um, even in evaluation aspect, this is one area of um, evaluation I look for as a, in a linebacker. And Dick Butkus is always in the back of this thought process: Does he control the middle? He's like this is his area. You know, he controls the defense, but this is an area that you don't want to enter. Um, and Dick Butkus uh, established that as a linebacker, and everybody has tried. To emulate that and if you could be in that category then then you are legitimized to be a, 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 a legit a, a legit NFL inside linebacker without that presence um, you just can't be in that same status yeah it's interesting and a, and a funny dude too I, I, I was at a couple of his yeah. speeches a couple different times and just uh, made fun of his own toughness right made fun of his self-deprecating guys pretty good Pretty good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, he he's hey, a, he came uh, around the facility quite a bit when I was in Chicago, and so um, I got to see that as well. Just a great man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got married 60 years to his high school sweetheart. That's pretty good as well. Merrill, uh, I knew Matt Canada when he was a graduate assistant football coach at Indiana, and I was an assistant basketball coach. I didn't know him well, but I knew who he was. 
kind of watched his growth. He was here in Indiana. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. Somehow, some way, he ends up as the offensive coordinator of your Steelers. Uh, he's under a lot of heat. Tomlin seems loyal. Um, is it his fault? Is he catching too much heat? Where are we at with him? Well, Dan, I always think there's a balance there. Um, and then the best way, and the oh, actually the only way, you could truly um, weigh it on this and have a fair assessment. I include myself on this. Like if I couldn't walk over to that machine right there and put on the and click on the tape and watch every angle and watch it for three and a half hours to truly study what our issues with this offense, then it is just guesswork. Um, and and I that's why I, I include me. Um, you it isn't until you study the tape that you understand where the real issues. Um, lie now is it just play calling and design if it was just play calling and design then I'll be the first one to say oh my gosh this guy is killing you I don't even care if you have anybody that is qualified on the staff (laughs) hire him move that guy out yeah but it isn't just that it isn't just that you know I I tell you this the um and I look then I compare them to the rest of the league you know where, where do they stand and the most the, the critical foundation really on offense and defense. Um, it's boring. People don't like to talk about. It. People don't like to hear about it. But it is factual. Like if your offensive line doesn't doesn't work well together, if they don't do their job on a consistent basis, you're going to struggle. I don't care if you have Walter Payton in the backfield. I don't care if you have Tom Brady in the backfield. In fact, I go back and embark on some of their uh, like Tom Brady. Some of their their worst starts. They always went back to simplifying their offense and rebuilding it, which ended up helping them win Super Bowls, by the way. But their offensive line has struggled at, at a high degree. Um, there's probably not a another offensive line that struggled as much. Maybe Cincinnati's, you know, um, I'll throw that, them in there. Um, the Giants, I'll throw them in there because there's some comparables as far as how their offensive line is playing and then they're how their offense is playing. And, and let's just stop there. Like, no coach, I don't care what your design is. I don't care what your play call is. If you don't block the person you're responsible for, that's on the player. And they have way too much of that. So even when they clean that up, because they actually had moments against the Raiders where they had great design, they had great strategic play calling, and then they did the job. And they produced well. I mean, they, <laughs> they put drives together. They look like a true NFL offense. So until that area gets solidified, it's going to be hard to just say, oh, fire Matt Canada. And then, you know, fire Matt Canada, like I just mentioned. Well, who are you going to replace him with? On their staff, I don't know of anybody that would be qualified that has the experience to do that, quite honestly. And then if you go outside and bring somebody else in, well, now you've just said season's over because we're starting all over. we got to put in new offense, and which I've never seen happen. And the Steelers are not an organization that does stuff like that, so I do not foresee that happening. Um, can he get better with his play call and his ultimate design? Yes, he has to do better there. Um, and and that is a fact. So it's a combination. But unless they start blocking people and blocking the people they're accounted for, I don't care who they bring in. Um, they're just not going to get better. I ask you about two quarterbacks. One of them's right there, same team, Kenny Pickett. Was that a mistake, at least as we sit here now? I'm going to ask you about three. Uh, Justin Fields looked pretty good last night, and Baker Mayfield has been a resurgent Baker Mayfield in Tampa. Yeah, well, let's go with Kenny first. Um, Dan, in in all fairness, I don't care what position it is, and actually I I will say two years, and I'll explain that in a second. And quarterbacks, I oftentimes will give them three years depending on if they got to play their first year. 
um, which I've always believed, man, if you can get a quarterback to sit for a year, it's an advantage organization. That being said, uh, you can't have any true affair evaluation of Kenny Pickett until the end of this season. Um, to this point, I know he has not played well and he has not played even to how he played towards the end of last year. He has the skill set that translates to our league to help you win a championship. He does have that. Um, so that being said, and then we won't really know where he truly is until the end of the season. And Justin Fields, you know, the one thing that he had a disadvantage of, that's why I go back to this three-year three, th- three year thing with a quarterback versus other positions. Um, and this would tell with really all positions based on what happened to him. The first year, the worst thing that could happen to him happened to him. Head coach gets fired, coordinator gets fired. So now second year, starting all over. Okay, none of the stuff that he learned does he get to translate into his next year. He has to learn stuff again, almost be a rookie again. Um, you know that you're not going to see a real growth in him and who he is until his second year. I've always felt that he has the skill set to translate as well. Um, has it translated at the degree that everybody would like? No, it hasn't. Um, he didn't have a lot of experience in college. You know, like C.J. Stroud. Okay, C.J. Stroud now is a different type of quarterback. Um, he was the only guy that was worth a first round draft pick coming out this year. And because of his skill set that transitions to a national football league environment, not a college environment, which CJ Strouds um, clearly does. But I think there's still a lot of hope for fields. Um, I think he has, you know, his biggest issue was just lack of experience and a lack, lack of things that he could trust and see and develop. And then when you get that change, head coach, coordinator, and you got to start all over again, boy, that just sets your guy back even further. So you're really not going to go know what you have to Justin Fields until, you know, the end of this year. And and Baker Mayfield, just to make it really quick, you know, I remember he was last year in Cleveland. They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and there was a, a there was a, a one, the, one of the hardest throws is to throw a comeback or an out route to the wide side of the field. I mean, that that shows arm strength, actually. People always think it's throwing down the field. It's not. It's across the field, and it is on the money, and it is on a rope. And he couldn't throw it. You could see it in his body language. He was like, he hesitated. You could see it. He was like, I can't make that throw. He went to make the throw, and it went like six yards to the left, out of bounds, went in close. So his shoulder issue obviously was a major factor. And when you can't throw it and you know you can't throw it, man, I I mean, it was evident in how he played. You know, just think about going under center and going, Ooh, I can only make certain throws out here. <laughs> That's an awful way to have to play in right. the National Football League. And he's clean. His shoulder is much better. I mean, you can tell that by how he's playing in Tampa. You know, he's throwing with authority. Those shows I was telling you he couldn't make, and now he can make. And he made in Oklahoma, too. So that's he was interesting how he started it. He rode. Now, this before, you know, we found out he had a shoulder issue. You know, when you start to see that, it was – it had manifested in his game. It had it had gotten him in his head, rightfully so. Um, you can tell that has cleared up, and and he's playing much better now. You know, he's the kind of player that that coming out you expected him to be. You know, now do I believe he's one of the elites, or he he can be the elite? No, I don't. But I think his skill set is clearly good enough with a good enough team that he can help you win a championship. I gotta ask you. I, I gotta go back to something that you said. Uh, you don't like, I know you said on this show before that CJ Stroud was the only guy worth the first round pick, but let me ask you, what are your thoughts on Richardson? Well, Richardson is a fabulous athlete. Okay. Well, all you gotta, listen, I'm going to tell you what they're telling you. 
when they get down to scoring territory, what do they do with the, a majority of the time? Run, right? Run the ball. What do they do out? What, yep. what do they do during the game? But most of the time, they run. Now, now listen. This is a smart thing to do because that is his strength. You keep him out of vulnerable situations. He is not grouped to handle. Can he make some dynamic throws? He will. Shoot, he made some throws in that Ram game. You would be just like, this is the this is what happened. You're like, oh my god. Now, but in your meetings, this is what you're saying. If he could just do that consistently, which there's no evidence that he can. Now, in Florida, he didn't have a lot of, he didn't play a lot there. But the evidence that existed there, he is not a consistent passer. In that game, he made those dynamic throws. But if you go look at about a half a dozen of them that were critical, threw in the dirt, completely missed, throw, um, uh, threw it out of bounds, missed throws, um, and that was who he was in Florida. This is what I have experienced in 40 years of playing this league and studying this league. You don't change that. That inconsistency and in decision-making, in ac- especially accuracy, you don't change. He's an inconsistent passer. He'll always be an inconsistent passer. He will be a dynamic athlete. But at some point, everything they're doing with his legs right now has to be converted to this, his arm and his ability to throw the football. And if he cannot do that, you're not going to win a championship. And he's always going to give you hope because he's going to make some crazy plays like that. But that's not how you play. You know, people are looking for, oh, I want a guy. I heard this at the combine. Everybody's like, boy, man, we're looking for guys, you know, that can run better, you know, mobile, move. And I'm like, let those people go down that rabbit hole. Let them think that is a foundation of a quarterback. I know a quarterback that actually went to 10 Super Bowls. He won seven. And I will. I don't, I don't know this exact, exact stat, but I'm going to tell you this. Go look at how many he lost, and then go look at how many he ran, won, and tell me how many yards he rushed for. If you get 40, you're going to be lucky. Okay. Tom Brady didn't run around and win Super Bowls by running around. Nobody's ever run around and won a Super Bowl. That's just not – you have to play from the pocket in our environment. It's in the National Football League. And there is no evidence in the 100 years plus that we've been playing this game that would speak otherwise. You know, you eventually have to play from that pocket and you have to function like a quarterback. That's why C.J. Stroud could do that in college. He's translating that to the National Football League. He's playing at a a ridiculously elite level based on – the youth of uh, his experience to this point. Hey, uh, last night, Justin Fields and people are, okay, the Bears, you know, you, you know fans, you know, well, you know Dick Butkus died, they're going to play really well, all that kind of stuff. I, I get it. That's fine if you want to go that route. But the Bears look completely dominated, and I got to tell you, I thought in the first half anyway – the commanders looked like they didn't want to be there. They, they looked like a team going through the motions. And I have such respect for the NFL and the football players of the NFL. I always think, man, if you don't go a million miles an hour, you can get killed out there. Basketball, we're full of crap. Like basketball, dudes <laughs> fall down. You got to get a wheelchair to get their ass off the field, right? But I felt like last night, man, Ron Rivera yeah. and his team didn't want to be there. And, you know, I, I don't know. How's that happen? Yeah, Dan, I, I'm not going to disagree with the energy there. I was completely shocked, too, because that was not – that was not the Washington team that played Philadelphia just about three days ago. Okay. Now, you know, that's a short turnaround. Um, they had overtime um, and that was a fist fight at the 50th dog fight, yeah. you know? So um, listen, I'm not making excuses for them, you know, but you can, you based on the recovery time that they have, I could see how they, you know, they may be, they thought you could just, they're just going to show up and start playing, keep playing like they had been, 
playing because, you know, you go back to how Chicago played. You know, Actually, Chicago played exactly like that against the Denver Broncos. The difference was they didn't have those turnovers. They didn't do those stupid plays, right. you know, that ended up getting them back in the game and costing the game. And that's ultimately, like, when I was watching Chicago's off on, t- on tape because I'd watched their highlights, I was like, holy cow, they're, they're like a murder in Denver. I mean, they run the ball on them, gashing them all over the place, throwing the football, and then all of a sudden, boom, pick. All of a sudden, fumble, return for touchdown. I was like, well, there you have it. There's only one statistic that matters, and you can't get it till the end of the game. But if you had it before the game, you could tell who's going to win to a 90 percentile is the turnover ratio. You know, there's the only stat that really matters in football. Everybody's come up with all these garbage stats that are irrelevant to our game and to really winning and losing. It is statistic. That statistic of turnovers is the most important. Yeah, you know, I had Tom Waddle on yesterday, and he goes, look, for three quarters, this team was really good. You know, and now yeah. fourth quarter, you make turnovers. Fourth quarter, you don't play. And that's why I think Eberflus at halftime was like, hey, look, uh, we, we got to finish here. Hey, I, I want to I get into something else, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but I got this feeling. I'm watching New England play, and they were horrible. And I'm watching them, and I'm thinking to myself, man, they don't really have much. Like, I don't see weapons out there. I don't see guys. I see okay. And I thought to me, it, it, this just hit me, Marilyn. You can completely disagree. Please do if you think it. But I felt like watching the game the other day, this deal in New England is done. Like, Belichick may be able to squeeze a playoff or two, but I think that – I don't know. That's the way it felt to me. Well, I will say this. You know, I've studied, I studied them too, and I watched them. And, okay, first of all, you're right from this perspective. Well, let's, let's go back. You're right from the perspective. Do they really have – let's use their offense, for example. Is there one guy you're like, man, we got to stop him? Okay, usually on an offense, there's a guy or two, especially if you have a guy or two, you got you – got, you got that type of offense you need in the National Football League to win a championship. When you do not have a guy or something that is a concern, a phase of their offense, which there is no phase of their offense that is a concern, it's a lot easier to play defense in the NFL. Um, it's just so much easier. It's just like on the other side, when you don't have to worry about a pass rusher or two pass rushers or they're blitz-oriented or their front's good, man, it's a lot easier to call plays and run plays and win and, and move the ball in the NFL. Now you go back to what they have done um, with their coordinating situation. I mean, they, they've changed this. What is this, their third change in three years? And when you get that type of change, man, you can really never fall into a really good rhythm. You know, and listen, Bill Belichick has been around a long time. What I think Bill Belichick has done that no other coach has done is he has coached through two different types of eras and been successful in both of those. I remember when Chuck Noll had retired, it was the last game at three rivers. We're playing the Washington Redskins at the time. That's what they were called. So the Washington Redskins, but it was the last game at three rivers and Chuck had been retired. I want to say five years. It may have been longer. It may have been less, but it was was probably longer actually. And it was the last game and I was standing there by him and I asked him, I, I go, do you miss this? And he turned to me. And he said, I'm not a recruiter. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, Chuck Knoll did not – here's what he meant. He got out just before free agency erupted. He was not going to recruit people and bring people in. He believed in drafting and building, and that's how he believed. That's how he was going to coach. He was not going to go to that arena of fantasy, fantasy football, bringing players in bringing somebody in, letting people go. That's not how he believed. He wasn't going to coach in that environment. And Bill Belichick has 
worked in both and been able to be successful in both. So I admire that. But this this struggle of having coaching consistency is actually um, something that's a little surprising because that's something that I, I would never thought under his watch would happen. Yeah, Urban Meyer talks about that all the time. Merrill, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much Anytime, for taking Dan. time with us today. It's, it's time, great brother. stuff. Thank you. I always got time for you. It's a great – thank you. You're always invited. That's a great <laughs> Merrill Hodge joining us. I, I like talking to guys that are coaches. I think like coaches. You know, when you coach for 30 – I sat in a film room with Bobby Knight for 10 years. I don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't know nothing. So you talk, and, and, you know, most analysts don't do what he does, and which is watch film. And, you know, I love what he said about Matt Canada. It's so easy when a guy gets on the wrong side of the media to just simply say, Matt Canada's the worst, this is awful. But what about the guys blocking? Like, I've said this about Indiana football forever. They've had I've, – I've been watching them 50 years. I think this is the 50th year since I went to a, my first Indiana football game in 1973. And I got to tell you, it ain't always the coach. There's something going on with players. At some point, players got to play. Just like there's something going on with our presidents. I want you to think about this. Back in the day, not one more foot of wall will be built, said Joe Biden. Well, all of a sudden, why is it always that Trump ends up being right? You know, I understand Trump. I tell you things because I've looked at him. You haven't looked at him. And then you immediately think I'm wrong, and then you're like, oh, yeah, you're actually right. Okay. Same thing here with this wall. All right, let's hear from the Biden administration. Now Biden's going to build that wall. My God, what a plank show. Let's hear. We're going to build a wall. It's going to be built. The number of illegal immigrants crossing our borders is so large that we've nowhere to hold them. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. I'm going to make sure that we have border protection, but it's going to be based on making sure that we use high-tech capacity to do Guess what he announced the other day, man? Building a wall. He goes whichever way the wind blows. He was talking to a Mexican station there, so of course he's not going to build a wall. He is such a fraud, and it's glorious to watch people still defend him. It is. It's absolutely stunning to me that anybody, anybody, whether you are a male with or without a penis, whether you are a female with or without a penis, it is amazing to me that anybody could possibly, possibly decide that this guy is who I want to follow. Seriously. It's impossible. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. I don't want to understand it. This dude can't even get his dog to start barking and biting people. Now think about that. Can't even control a damn mutt. That's a big dog. Big dog, short penis, what I always said. But what do I know? Here's a shocker. You want a shocker? In an effort to build the brand, ESPN, CBS, Fox, NBC, were pushed by the NFL to do what? Push Taylor Swift movie promos for free. That's right. It leads and it leads to speculation that this whole Taylor Swift thing is, oh, I don't know, maybe made up to increase the brand of the NFL. I mean, isn't it just ironic that the guy doing every freaking commercial, Travis Kelsey is the one white dude getting commercials in sports these days. 
Like every other dude, like Barkley and Shaq are like, well, you know what? These current athletes are so lame. Tiger's kind of out of the picture. Jordan has his own thing. Let me capitalize this. So everywhere, you can't swing a dead cat without Barkley or Shaq. And they they know, of course they know, that the African-American is all in vogue. But Travis Kelsey's a white dude getting commercials. The white dude doing the Dish Network or the whatever, Sunday ticket stuff, and Ucha Capesta all of a sudden. Out of the blue, here comes a romance with Taylor Swift. Oh, man. And every single time something happens, what do they do? They pan to Taylor Swift. Last week, then we got to see a long promo about Taylor Swift's concert. It does beg the question, are there favorable calls going to the Chiefs to make them win, which makes them more popular? I think if the NFL is fixed, remember I said this, I think if the NFL is fixed, there's going to be an overcorrection. An overcorrection. And you're going to see Kansas City lose to Minnesota this weekend. Just my thought. Doesn't mean I'm right. That's my, that's my conspiracy pick of the weekend. We should have a conspiracy pick of the weekend. Later on in the show, I'm going to give you my picks. Last week, we were 4-0. We are currently 4-0 on our house picks. I'll give you a conspiracy pick, and I'll give you my longtime thought pick. I'm writing it down. Conspiracy pick I just gave you. Minnesota over Kansas City. They got to slow down the fervor of Kansas City giving favorable calls. I'll give you my uh, my, my long-time thought pick later on. And by the way, our crack staff, ad space for NFL games are going from anywhere to 500K to 900K, and she gets free ad space. They're trying to get her to perform at the Super Bowl. Let me explain something to you. Super Bowl is going to be watched by everybody. It doesn't matter if Fresh Face or Baby Face, who's from Indiana, Ice Tea, Ice Cube, Ice Coffee, or Usher, or Andy Freight Usher, or Movie Usher. It don't matter who does that. Are you insane? The only thing that matters is this. Who the hell's playing? Is a game any good? Maybe I'm old school, but I'm not anti, I am not, I'm not anti Taylor Swift. In fact, I'm pro Taylor Swift. Let me ask you all a question. Can I ask you all a question? Like if you're on a college campus, all right, and Roanoke College is a small campus, I'm going to get into this in a minute. Do you really think, I mean, do you really, truly, truly think that a transgender swimmer a dude that is swimming with the girls. Do you really, really, really think that that particular person is a part of a, quote, vibrant fiber fiber of the campus? Or do you think that person is just creepy? I mean, let, 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 you know, we talk real on this show. We do. We talk real. We don't just, you know, spew out stuff that a... I don't know, a, co- a professor says, uh, you know, I don't know. Roanoke College, they want to let this dude become a swimming, on the swim team. The girl stood up and said, we don't like it. The trauma that a transgender swimmer is causing is awful. They are acquiescing to one person. 
It's a Leah Thomas thing, but these girls have stood up. And our friend Riley Gaines was there yesterday. I'm just saying. Is it creepy? I think it's just creepy. I mean, I get it. Yeah, you all can say, and, I, and I'm politically incorrect, and you can try to cancel me and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, I, I don't think it's part of the fiber of a vibrant community. I think it's creepy as hell. And I don't get it. Be right back. Leah Thomas joins, and not Leah Thomas, Riley Gaines and Joe Kinsey joins. Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At Outkick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com backslash bet. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick network. Get called brave because they said, hey, look, we want women on our women's swimming team and we want women in our women's locker room. That, that, that is brave. Don't get me wrong, but it's like common sense. And now that scene is an act of bravery. That's how stupid we are here. Right. Um, the risks are real. The threats are real in terms of the name calling and the petty personal attacks. And, and you know, um, parents, even they're scared to defend their daughters because they don't want to lose their corporate America job, which again, that risk is real. You, you very, you very likely could, which is a terrifying thought, but what should be scarier to everyone, every American, every person across this planet, what should be scarier than the name calling? Because that's what we do in fourth grade is call each other names. What should be scarier than that is not standing firm in the truth because it's a slippery, slippery slope. And right now what they're asking us to do by denying man and woman, I mean, the essence of humanity, I mean, it's, it's, it's Orwellian. It's like, they're asking us to say two plus two is five. And we have so many people adhering to this, even though they know two plus two is four. Um, they're just scared to say it. And I, I really think that's the times that we're living in. It's, it's just like 1984. And you have to ask yourself the question of what's next. You know, we're here now, but in five years, 10 years, what else are they going to be asking us to deny? Which is why I feel so passionately about this. Of course, I care about women's sports, but it's a lot bigger than just women's sports. It's about the premise of how they're asking us to deny truth. And that's scarier to me than any any repercussion or consequence I might have from, from saying what I'm saying. And, and the other part of it, and Joe, uh, feel free to chime in here. The other part of it is... And, and, and this is so wrong, but the other part is the the sensationalism of violence, like and the saying that you, Riley Gaines or Joe or me, are totally against transgender people and we're inciting violence. That's always where this thing goes. And I'm sitting here going, no, uh-uh, nobody's saying they're against transgender people. We're saying, hey, women's sports should have women only playing in that sport. Make a transgender bathroom. Make a transgender sport. That's always the go-to. Always. Yeah, Dan, uh, it, it's it, it's this, like, fine line, like, you're either this way or that way, right? And, uh, you know, if you listen to the parents yesterday, they're not saying, hey, we don't want transgender swimmers to be swimmers. 
It's we don't want transgender swimmers to be in here taking over women's sports. And that's what's happening if you let it linger, right? It's this lingering. It constantly starts to boil up. And now you have to where teams are having to say enough is enough, right? I talked to Katie Mullins. It was the mother of Lily Mullins yesterday. Dan, she's in tears. She is just like at wit's end with this stuff. Her daughter, she said, was puking and losing weight. It was very, very stressful on her. And you can tell Katie Mullins isn't looking for a fight. She just wants to go on with her life. She doesn't want to sit here and fight the transgenders. She wants to just go on and, and live life. But when the, she said this case finally got to her and she had to stand up for it. So, you know, people are having to make decisions that are tough. Riley, I'm going to throw something out to you, and I'd like your reaction to it. Dr. Uh, Jeremy Shaw said this. We're listening about violence against transgender. According to the Human Rights Campaign, the HRC, there are 40 reported cases of trans individuals losing their lives to violent incidents in 2022. To put this in perspective, this constitutes less than 0.000025 uh, of the 1.6 million people who identify as transgender. But it, it gets even more interesting, all right? These uh, statistics suggest that trans people may be among the safest demographic groups in the U.S. when it comes to violent deaths. They cite these cases as evidence that targeting violence against transgender people also among the fatalities occurred Within domestic violence situation, one, a hit and run incidents. Are transphobes driving around looking for trans people to hit with their cars? You see what I'm saying here? I mean, th- this is the argument they make, Riley, and it's a garbage argument. There is no national emergency here. Uh, they constantly, I hear all the time about the trans genocide, which let me be the first to say that is making a mockery of what a genocide is. Um, right. Let's get back to the Holocaust and let's look at what that looked like. And for them, this group to even remotely compare what they're going through with the amount of privilege that they have in this country, comparing that to the Holocaust or other gen- genocides throughout history. I mean, that's a, a mockery of what a genocide is. And it shows they have no grasp on reality right there. Um, but you're right. If th- This is not a national emergency. Um, this idea of, of violence being inflicted on trans individuals for simply being trans is the most ludicrous thing ever. And they know this because they have nothing to back it up. And let me just say the human rights campaign, which you're saying this came from, uh, the lady I was sat next to in that Senate hearing who I totally schooled, Kelly Robinson. Yeah, she was the president of the human rights campaign. So they've lost all the credibility. <laughs> I know her own thing. Not only did she show up to be an idiot, but her own her own group just gave statistics that completely shut down anything that she's going to say. Uh, it, it, it is it is baffling, Joe. Uh, last thing, when when the speech and the speeches were over, you mentioned some parents. What do you think, or what do both of you guys think is going to happen at Roanoke? Seems like they, you know. I don't know. Are they, are the swimmers going to swim? Is the school going to do anything here? Uh, The school's probably not going to do anything. It's over as far as they're concerned, I think. And uh, the concern for the girls was that the trans swimmer would try to come back as a coach, Dan, as a coach. 
that's the craziness that's going on there. This let me let me say one more thing, Dan, that they told me. They said that this transgender swimmer was leaving practice early, Dan, because of high estrogen levels, Dan. The swimmer was in heat. That is the craziness that is going on at Roanoke College, Dan. That is legitimately what they told me. They said because of high estrogen levels, the the swimmer was in heat and overstimulated. Swear to God, it it rocked my dumb brain, Dan. It, my my brain is dumb, you know it. When they said it, I had to listen over again. But that's what they told me. Now my brain, Riley, goes a lot of places when I hear that, uh, which is why hey, I Gaines. think the whole look thing at how red is her face is, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Secondhand embarrassment. Uh, that's why I think the whole thing is creepy. Like, it, 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 that's the way I look at it. It's, it's just creepy. Oh, my gosh. I'm so disheartened. <laughs> Every day I think, you know, it actually <laughs> can't get worse. But then you tell me a, a male is in heat, and I just want to – I just I just don't even know. I can't – I'm speechless. Um, but I will say in, in regards to what's next, um, the way the, the coaches and the athletic directors and the administrators at this university totally gaslit and emotionally blackmailed these girls. I mean, if you listen to their speeches, they all say it. But, um, you know, they, they told these girls that, look, you got what you wanted. Be quiet now. Be quiet. And they say that because the boy decided to quit the team. And it's because they found out about this press conference that the girls were having. And the university went into crisis control. The dean was calling around the days leading up before this press conference, uh, trying to figure out the details, trying to trying to shut it down. It was crisis control. And so the university doesn't want anyone to know that this is this is their stance. But I will say there was a um, Virginia councilman. His name is Peter Velosen. Uh, and this is what he says. He says, um, in some ways, those girls are just a bit selfish. If they wanted to beat that person, if they wanted to get first place, they should do just that. They should be training harder, period. Uh, then he continues to go on and say that. Um, let me read you one more part of what he says. He says, um, we don't support any kind of strategy that discriminates or denies the rights of trans individuals. And then he says, not being able to compete as your authentic self is really hard and it adds that extra burden and it makes it mentally draining. How could you listen to those girls yesterday and still be vying for the mental health of this person over those girls? Look, I'm not saying we should totally disregard this, this person's mental health. I think he needs mental health care. That's what he needs. Um, but to totally dismiss everything those girls talked about is deeply misogynistic and regressive. I don't know how you possibly pin selfishness on the girls and not the dude. <laughs> because they're deluded. <laughs> <laughs> the whole uh, uh, Joe, I'm not going to lie to you, man. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, Governor Youngkin, he did put this out, so maybe this is good. Uh, in Virginia, we're committed to fairness in women's sports. I stand with the Roanoke College swimmers in their efforts to seek an even playing field. Their request is reasonable. It's common sense. That's pretty good. Pretty straightforward. Dan. Go ahead. It, it, it's it's straightforward huh? here. It's it makes sense, right? Let's even see. Some the, do Riley, even the attorney general yesterday. Riley, made a statement. Did he? What did he say? Um, he had an awesome statement. I can read it to you very briefly. Um, sure. What he said was, uh, "Well, I reached out to him and told him about the situation and told him that look, these girls, you know, you're essentially the state's lawyer." 
uh, they need you. And his statement was, I stand with female athletes at Roanoke College and all across Virginia who are standing up for women's sports. Biology is real. The differences between male and female are real, especially in sports. And that's why we have Title IX, to ensure that women have the same opportunities as men to reap the benefits of sports like competition, character develop, development, leadership, and higher education scholarships. It's taken decades of hard work to level the playing field between the sexes, but we've made tremendous progress in providing women have equal access to these opportunities. We cannot allow the Biden administration and its radical allies on the left and in higher education to roll back that progress in the name of false equity, which I thought was a great statement. Also, if, if when we're talking about Virginia, look, last year, I went to Virginia totally on my own dime to testify on their behalf on behalf of their women's sports bill, to which it failed. Um, so the lawmakers they are guilty here. They are to blame because they could have done something. They could have created policies that would have prevented this from ever happening, but they did not because they said it's not a problem here. They said, oh, you know, this isn't happening here. Why would we create a solution to a problem that doesn't exist? So that it is at their hands, these girls are physically ill. These girls are losing weight. They can't focus on their studies and they've lost the love for their sport. It is those politicians, specifically the Democrats, it is their fault. Well said, guys. Thanks. Keep fighting, Riley. I'm here anytime you need a big, fat, blind, bald guy. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Riley. Thanks, Joe. Joe's going to come back. Who? Everybody needs one. What are you talking about? Who doesn't need a big, fat, old, bald guy that can't see past, well, his nose? Uh, this literally like me saying, I got hair. Now, there's no difference between men and women. Nah, I got a full head of hair. I, don't believe what your eyes see. Believe what I'm telling you. It's the dumbest. And I love Riley Gaines. And Joe is fantastic. Joe is the OutKick Senior Director of Content. And he was there yesterday. I believe we're going, uh, are we? Oh, no, no. We're going to get with Joe here coming up at 1030, I believe. I think I'm right about that. We got, we got to give Joe some time. I'm going stock up and stock down. Bump it up. Ladies and gentlemen, stock up as we end the week. If you're a fantasy owner, not that kind of fantasy, you weirdos, but a fantasy owner of Jonathan Taylor, you got to be happy. You got to toes are a little bit tapping. I don't know whether he's going to play. I asked my source with the Colts, and he's like, Dan, I would imagine so. That's kind of the reason they had the press conference, because he's going to play. He didn't have to speak yesterday, but he did, and you know what? Okay. But the fact of the matter is, is he going to be any good? I don't know. He says he's healthy. He's a good player. His body should feel good. So there you go. Let's go. So if you're a fantasy owner of that man, Jonathan Taylor, then you got to feel good. Hey. What can I tell you? Uh, but if you're not and he doesn't play, you know, I know people come to me because they know that I know, but I honestly, I, I have been told the expectation is that he is going to play. Does that mean he's going to play? I have no idea. You know, one of the things uh, our guy, you know, we like ripping these guys. Stephen Holder had said that the, the schism between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay had uh, – it decreased. I don't know if I believe that after that speech yesterday. I honestly don't. I don't know if I believe that bad boy. Jonathan Taylor saying I'm here now. That in Indianapolis is code for 
Uh, I'll be on the next train out if that train can get here and can stop at the station. Speaking of fantasy, last night uh, I got called out by a porn star. That's right. Uh, A very famous porn star, apparently. She called me out because of my take on Kyrie, or who was it? Tyreek Hill going into the porn industry. She said that I don't know anything about the porn industry. And I'm not going to say that she's wrong, but next week we're going to try to get Kendra Lust on. Apparently, you all know Kendra Lust. Even, uh, what did I say here to piss her off? When guys like Dan Dockage give their opinion about the adult industry, so clueless. Wait, he said he has a friend in the industry that told him it's dirty and you're always going to be at the doctor getting shots and going to hurt when you pee. I did say that. I do have a friend. She is in the porn industry. She's an owner of a small porn company. And that's what she told me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I appreciate Kendra reaching out. And then she accused us of not doing anything on sex and human trafficking. And my staff was not going to have it, people. My staff was saying, nay, nay. Au contraire. We have done stuff on sex and human trafficking. Tim Tebow's interview, he has joined the fight in, in human sex trafficking. And guess what? Then I said, hey, look. I stand by my gal, and we have. Be happy to talk to you. And Kendra Lust, hey, look, I'm not going to lie. I looked her up. Very famous porn star. She wants to come on the show. So she, uh, I don't know how to do this, though. To DM her, I got to follow her. I don't know if I want her out there following or knowing that I'm following her. I don't know. But. Our other friend, David Hookstead, said he's interviewed her twice and she's awesome and produces big numbers, so what are you going to do? Ah, stock up the border wall. Hey, border wall, how are you? The border wall that Joe Biden famously said he will not add another foot to is getting built. It is amazing how these morons, just because they don't like Donald Trump, hurt our country when Donald Trump and a wall makes total sense. I mean, if you don't think a border wall makes sense, I don't know what to tell you. Or you can just let all these people in, and I'm telling you right now, it's coming to my community, it's coming to your community, it's coming to all of our communities. It is. You can say it's not, but it is. It'll be here. You'll read about a murder from an illegal immigrant in Indianapolis, we already have, and in other cities, you read about a bunch. It's just what's going to happen. Period. You don't believe it? God bless you. Hey, the Phillies are looking to beat the Braves again. The Phillies, because of their fans the other night, have emerged as my new team to watch. The crowd is awesome in Philadelphia. Not so much historically in Atlanta, but Atlanta is the best team that I saw all year. Uh, These guys rake it. You know, we don't even talk about Matt Olson, who hit over 50 home runs. We talk about Acuna, who went 40 and 70, which is the first time in Major League Baseball history. But I got to tell you, since the Cubs are out, Uh, If I'm going to watch, and I'm not sure that I am, because baseball to me involves the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, and the Dodgers. Otherwise, I'm feign interest. But I wouldn't mind rooting for the Phillies because they're crowded. Did you see that crowd the other night when the Grand Slam was hit? That looked like the biggest, best football game that you've ever been to. So I am all in on Philadelphia. Stock down, Evan Neal, another entitled dumbass athlete, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade education, and we're all supposed to go yay-rah. He's mad at burger flippers 
and he's mad at, I don't know, hot dog flippers. You don't flip hot dogs. You turn hot dogs. But look, I'm not mad at Evan Neal. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be. I know I am, but I'm not mad at him for saying that. That's a common thing. You know, people, comedians have always said, I don't come to your job at McDonald's and heckle you. I don't get too worked up about that. What I get worked up about is him being dumb enough to understand that fans aren't fans if they boo. Look, when you suck, particularly in New York, particularly in the NFL, fans boo. It's just the way it is. Real fans boo. Me personally, I've never booed. It's not my thing. I feel stupid. I feel stupid yelling at a coach, yelling at a player. I cheer. I cheer or I talk. A guy that used to sit next to me, uh, not next to me, but in the section that I was at when I had season tickets to the Colts came up to me at a bar the other day and he said, hey, hey, I would pay you just to come to my house and talk shit about people. Uh, Stock down bad Thursday night matchups. Next week we got the Chiefs, so I'm down with that. But last night's game actually wasn't bad. Here's what I learned last night. I learned that DJ Moore is really good, and then I saw his press conference. I didn't know DJ Moore from DJ Durkin. But I saw his press conference last night, and I thought to myself, that dude's pretty good. And he's a really good dude, so I'm in on DJ Moore. I thought Justin Fields looked good. Eberflus is still Eberflus. But, hey, it wasn't a bad match. Well, it was a terrible matchup, but it ended up, if you're a Bears fan, to be a pretty good game. And then I said this to start the week. I'm going to continue this next week. Bill Belichick, stock down. Your team sucks. And in every area, you are responsible for that. You are the general manager. You pick the personnel. You have moved yourself into a position where everything done in that organization, other than the grabber that Robert Kraft may get when he goes to the uh, massage parlor, he's not responsible for that, but he's responsible for everything else. So Bill Belichick stocked down. I I don't want to say this. I don't, but I got to tell you, man, it's over. It's over in New England. I don't care if they win this week. It's over. And he lost a divorce with Tom Brady. He is the guy that thought he had a, he was smarter than everybody else in the divorce, didn't get the right attorney, and now he's sleeping on a blow-up mattress in Hackensack. All right, we come back. Joe Kinsey returns, senior editor of content. It's screen caps. That means there's going to be a ton of hot women. Maybe even our girl, the porn star. I don't know. And much more. And I'm going to give you the house pick in this half hour. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Uh, Sparty people are mad at me. Justin Rose is a Detroit uh, hairspray. He says, you don't have to like Michigan State, but to stoop to the level of disrespectful and hateful just shows you the kind of person Dan Dockich is. Yeah, well, bite me. Uh, Bite me. That's all I got, Joe. Just bite me, Michigan State fans. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Joe Kinsey, the HMFIC of screen caps, All right, Joe, give me a quick synopsis for people just joining right now. Give me a quick synopsis of what Screen Caps is and where they can find it. Well, I keep saying it, Dan. It is a snapshot into America, the pulse of America. It is what America is thinking on a daily basis. It's the topics that people care about. 
It's not what you're going to see on the news, Dan. It's a lot about what middle America is into. It could be the it could be a battle between Texas chili versus Midwestern chili, Dan. Did you know that you can't have beans in chili? If you say that you have beans in chili, people in Texas will rip your head off literally, Dan. You will no you will no longer have a head after you say beans in chili. It just doesn't exist in Texas. So that is what screen caps is about. It's about the arguments that you really care about in society and a lot of hot Instagram models and just reality, Dan. This column is about real America. I keep saying it and that's what it's about. Yeah, real America. Let's roll the tape, Joe. I like when you when you yell at Dylan and Ryan and go, next. Oh, okay. Right hello, away, lovely. Right away, Jenny Shawcross, uh, up-and-coming Instagram talent. She is an Eagles fan, Dan. I've always said the easiest way to become a superstar on the internet is to attach yourself to an NFL team and then ride that to stardom. You only have to appear in a team, a piece of team gear, maybe three times a year, maybe quarterly. Just set your iPhone alarm, set it, dump out some content. She is an Eagles fan from Philly, I believe, maybe the suburbs. I have no idea. Uh, but she she is headed for stardom as long as she plays her cards right. Uh, big fan of Jenny Shawcross. You're going to see a lot more of her in screen caps. Joe, are you being bribed at all? Are people, are these little Instagram models making phone calls? Are they sending packages? Are you getting something extra, Joe? Is this on the up and up who you like and who you don't like? Nothing on, there is no, no money being exchanged, no free only fan passes, Dan. I am honest, not sponsored, hashtag not sponsored, Dan. Uh, this is fair and balanced content. Not disappointed paid, in that being from I want to say to anybody I am for sale I am Instagram models I'll put you somewhere in my show if you know you send double D and hey look anybody I'll endorse a grapefruit tell you the truth and I love grapefruit but I only endorse what I use anyway next next okay uh big week for Hooters uh they celebrated their 40th anniversary God bless Hooters. I know you did a segment on Hooters. I saw that while I was in Roanoke uh, celebrating uh, real women. Um, you you got to love that Hooters still maintains that Hooters brand integrity, Dan. They've never gone away from the shorts, even though I've called for a change in uniforms. They said the hell with that. We are staying vintage. This is what made us a fortune. We're sticking with it. I'm sorry. Uh, let me decline this phone call. I have no idea why phone calls are coming in, Dan. But anyway, uh, love Hooters, love 40th anniversary. They're growing up. You know, one of the things about Hooters, it's a simple business model. I mean, seriously, put a bunch of TVs up there, make it a kind of a beach environment, make it an open space, kind of loud, serve some pretty good food, because I think their chicken sandwich is outstanding. My kids, or my son and my nephews, when we would take them there on their birthday, uh, loved it. And frankly, every Hooters that we ever went to, the girls were awesome, man. The girls were like laughing with, you know, the kids. I mean, we, you know, we would tell the kids, all right, use your best pickup lines. And girls would laugh. They would give them pickup lines back. Like, you know, 
are you from Tennessee? And the girl would say, why? And he'd go, because you're the only 10 I see. Bada bing. Somebody better call the doctor because these pythons are sick. You know what I'm saying, Joe? The uh, great place. I know I, people, yeah. people can, huh? Go ahead. I know what you're saying. People can kiss my ass about, well, it's sexist. No, the girls there were awesome. They all, Indianapolis or Chicago, uh, wherever, they were always awesome, and I like it. Next. Next. Uh, okay, oh, let man. me read this. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, you know what this is. You and I are here in the Midwest. We know what's going on. This week, there is definitely, it, went, it was probably 90 in Indianapolis, wasn't it? And it's going to yeah. head down, right? This is the Midwest. This is what we're dealing with. It's fall in the Midwest. Uh, there was actually a, 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 a disagreement, argument that I saw, Dan. If the weather this weekend hits the low 50s, will you turn on your furnace? Oh, God, no. My air conditioning stays on from December. My air conditioning goes off December 1st, and it comes back on March 1st. Oh, God, no. I'm hanging meat in this joint. What, why? You won't, turn on your, you won't turn on the heater to just get comfortable? Are you hot-blooded, hot or what's going on? Joe, I need three things in my life. I need my family, a king-size bed, and air conditioning. That's all I need. I don't want to open windows. I, I, don't, I don't want a queen-size bed. I don't need anything else. I, I, I have the same clothes since 1983. I wear the same Indiana basketball shirt that I think I wore in college as my workout shirt. It stands over in the corner. Joe, I'm as low-maintenance as I get, but I'm very particular. I need to see my kids and my family. I need a king-size bed. And I need freaking air conditioning. That's it. That's all I need. Next. Maybe not. Next. Uh, what did you think about this? You're going to have to tell it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This one. Okay. Uh, he was in what? Italy, I think. Is that where he was watching this game? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, uh, you know, in Europe, Dan, they're going to say, oh, the ugly Americans. They're just so ridiculous. They're so dumb, so bottom of the barrel trash. These Europeans think they're so great. This is America right here. I Listen, he, had to ha he went to Europe. He wants to celebrate Europe, but he's got to see his game. I think it was Auburn, right? He's, he's watching Auburn. Yeah, and yeah. This is great. What's he's not hurting anybody. It's just him and his wife or him and his side piece having dinner. It's no big deal. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the food. Why does he gotta have a side piece? I mean, he might have a he might, you know, he might was that just was that just a throwaway line? That was just a yeah. throwaway line. It was. I mean the mafia. Mafia it was uh, girlfriends on Friday night, wives on Saturday. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, you know, what do I know? Next. Oh, this is a what great are we doing one here. Uh, he lost. This guy lost a fantasy football league. I believe it was that he would finish last, so he was forced to get the Biden forty six jersey and wear it around at the tailgate. Nothing more embarrassing in the South. I hear. I'm from the North. But this has to be a really big uh, shot to the system, Dan, to be walking around a tailgate in the Biden 46. Is this LSU? I, I think 
you'll have to help me out here, but uh, totally insulting if you finish last. You deserve it. You know what would be interesting? Um, wearing a Trump 45 jersey somewhere and seeing the hate that you get from America's most tolerant. You know, these guys are just laughing. And like I always say, these things should always, always, always be made uh, in jest. But people take it so seriously. If he would have a Trump 45 on that, it might be chaos, Joe. Absolute chaos. Uh, we do. We have seen 45s. We have seen 45 jerseys before, but uh, I not lately. We need to send somebody out an outkick. In a, in a 45 jersey and see what happens with a camera following them. What's the most – are you in fantasy leagues? Uh, yes. What's the most wacky thing that you or, or you had in your league somebody do that uh, came last? In the Outkick League last year, I believe they had to take a food challenge where they had to eat a – they had to eat like one of everything on the menu. And that that just seems torturous. I, I don't want anything to do with it. So I don't even yeah. want to play in the uh, Yeah, here's the deal, Joe. I my stepson played football at Allegheny, which you know, and people say, well, it's just division three. Yeah, well, he is built like hell. And the last place player in their league had to take a slap from the first place player in their league. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know about that one. And they put some rules in, like you couldn't run or wind up or that kind of thing. But, hey, I don't like none of that. What was it, the one thing, a pancake, an hour, you got to stay there 25 hours or 24 hours, and you eat a pancake, it cuts off an hour? Yeah. I ain't mad about it. All right, when's the slap? Where did he get slapped? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, like those fat guys that you see in the – that's become a big thing, right? Slapping fights or whatever. I think ESPN is going to host some. Hey, and last thing before it. I let you go, who's the woman here? You know, you got two pictures of her on the morning screen cap uh, with the uh, with the leaves behind her. Who's that uh, young lady? Uh, Dan, I have no idea. She is off the Getty Images uh, – Oh, I got gotcha. you. That we have, so no idea. She could be AI generated. I have no idea. Yeah, I think uh, my next wife, I think, is going to be AI generated. I think so. Why not? Keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean, Joe? Thank you, my friend. All right, I got to go. See you, Dan. See you, Joe. All right, everybody, get your pen and paper ready. Get it right now. Get your pen and paper ready. Last week, we went undefeated. Last week, we won all four. I should do a better job. I'm going to start right now. We're 4-0. But the thing is, I always put it on these papers, and I throw these papers away because it's getting to be a mess down here. But I'm not afraid to come back at you. Look, here's the deal. We've got three bets for you right here. we got three bets for you. One's a house bet. Just so you understand, it's a last, last thing. Just so you guys understand, the house bet, if you bet it right, is the only bet you need to win. The house bet should cover all of your other bets for the weekend. That bet is 4-0. I missed one weekend because I didn't like one. Last week, I came up late with Alabama Slamma, and that hit going away. That hit like the nose on my face. 
But here's the deal. Today, I like my house bet. Today, I actually like all three bets, which is dangerous. Last week, I wasn't in love with anybody, and I told you, don't bet the house, but bet the garage. My first one is stupid, but I'm going to buy into it. It is Iowa minus two and a half over Purdue at Kinnick Stadium. That's in Iowa. Ross Aid Stadium is at Purdue. I like Purdue's new coach. He's all right. And they had a nice win at uh, Virginia Tech, but they got pounded last week and they got banged up. I feel like Iowa is under this, what's the right way to put it? Under this constant pressure. Constant pressure to win. Like, constant pressure to score. Now, would I take Iowa if the line were three and a half? Probably not. But at two and a half, hey, look, you're at home. You're, against, you're, go, you're playing against a team that is mediocre to, nah, I don't know about bad, but Purdue ain't great. I think Purdue's coach is going to be just fine, but Purdue ain't great. They, they, again, really nice win at Virginia Tech. I just like Iowa in this game. Now, Purdue's coming off of beating the living hell out of Illinois, 44-19. Here's my deal with that. Last time Purdue had a big win, it was against Virginia Tech. They lost three in a row. Uh, No, two in a row. They got their brains beat out at home at Syracuse. They got their brains beat out by Wisconsin. It took them a couple games to recover. They're going to Iowa with Ohio State on the horizon. I think Iowa covers this spread, and it was all I could do not to make it a house bet. Now, here's the other thing. People think Iowa stinks, and maybe they do. They got shut out by Penn State. But Iowa's sitting here 4-1. and one. Now, granted, Iowa State, eh. Utah State, eh. Mid- uh, Western Michigan, eh. Michigan State, eh. But this is a team that Iowa beats, and they're going to beat them, I think, Somewhere in the 25 to 20, I don't know that Iowa can get to 30. The over-under is like 38. Looks like a crap game. It's a cure for insomnia. But take that one. Next one, Notre Dame, Louisville. See, I think Notre Dame's a real program. I always think Notre Dame's a real program. Are they a great program? Are they a great team? I don't know, but they're pretty damn good. I mean, make no mistake. Their, Their run last week coming all the way down the field at a crazy, 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 maybe the biggest, best crowd they've ever had at Duke, sets up a hell of a night in freaking Louisville. ABC's doing the game. Louisville at home against Notre Dame. Louisville's 5-0. Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, North Carolina State. They could have very easily lost to Indiana. That tells you all you need to know. I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm giving you the six. I could see this being the same kind of 28-21, kind of a clean score, 35-28. But I wouldn't take it at seven and a half. I'd take it up to seven. I'm taking this. I'm liking this. And I think Sam Hartman is special. And that running back and that running back crew are special. And that tight end is special. I like Jeff Brom. I think Jeff Brom's a terrific coach. And he's got him 5-0. and Here's a side bet. I've always had this philosophy. You ready? Bet against the team. Now, follow me here. Coming off a big win 
that isn't really a talented or really good team. They had a great night. Bowling Green is that team this week. Bowling Green went on the road and they beat Georgia Tech. Now, you can tell me whatever you'd like about Georgia Tech. Well, they're no good. Well, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I coached in the Mid-American Conference for 10 years. When you beat, when you beat a ACC team, or when you beat a Big Ten team, which we did Michigan, or like we did uh, Mississippi in the ACC, when you beat someone like that, it's a massive deal. Massive deal. Bowling Green lost to Liberty, beat Eastern Illinois, crushed by Michigan, destroyed by Ohio. Somehow, some way, they bucked up and they beat Georgia Tech. I would make this a house bet as well. I would take Miami because here's the deal. You walk around Bowling Green's campus, nobody really gives a rat's ass about you. Football game gets about 15,000 maybe. Most kids are either Michigan or Ohio State, some Indiana, some East Coast team fans, and they wear the gear. But now you have a big win, everybody's kissing your backside. If you're a real program, you come back and you play really well against Miami, who's very good. Miami's sitting here four and one. If you're not a real program and you just happen to have a good game, your head's not there, you get beat. I'm going to take the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks beat UMass, beat Cincinnati, Delaware State, and Kent. I'm going to take the 10. Give me Miami minus 10 against Bowling Green. I'd rather have it nine and a half because I think I'd win the 10. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you ready? We are 4-0 in the house bet. We are undefeated. A lot of you are going to argue with me. Good. Please do. Feel free to argue with me. But my house bet is the same one I had last week. Last week, I told you I felt like Alabama found something. I felt like Alabama had a loss, had a creaky uh, game down in Florida, and then came back and, ab- and and struggled but played much better against Old Miss, and then they went out and they trounced, I mean trounced, Mississippi State. It was like a 14-point spread. They won 40-17. to 17. Now, fast forward. We got Jimbo Fisher and the 4-1 and one Aggies in Aggieland, that weird cultish thing that they got going there. Here's what the Aggies have done. Beat the crap out of New Mexico, lost to Miami, beat Monroe, uh, beat Auburn, pretty good win, and beat Arkansas, but I don't buy it. Max Johnson has been a quarterback for 672 years in NCAA football. The starter, Connor Weigman, is out. Max Johnson is pretty good. Max Johnson has been to 52 different colleges. He's thrown 6,722 passes. Just saying. And I might even be wrong about that. I don't know. But I don't think I am. Anyway, long story. Oh, he's only a sophomore. Never mind. This is a different Max Johnson. I don't even care. Wait a second. Hold on. How's this guy a sophomore? He played in 88, or excuse me, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, and they're saying this guy's a sophomore. Are you out of your collective mind? That's what I thought. He's been to LSU, Texas A&M. He's been playing since I was in college. That ain't good. Take Alabama. If you want to give the point, give the point. If you want to take him on the money line, that's fine. 
But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the house bet. If Max Johnson's a sophomore, then I don't know what to tell you. I got nothing. <sighs> now, I don't think we have woke so I'm going to have to talk about this. The Colts. Here's the deal with the Colts. It's the Colts' Titans. The Titans have been eh. The Ki- eh, eh, eh. You know what I'm saying? Eh. Here's the deal with the Titans. If the Colts, and this is a big if, can continue to play defense, if the Colts can continue to do the things that the Colts do, what is that? Their middle defensively, particularly against the run, with Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner's pretty good. Their pass rush has been better. Their secondary sucks. Horrible. Terrible. Their best corner flowers out for the year. So what has to happen here? Well, they can't let Derrick Henry run wild. One. Two. They cannot allow Tannehill to look like Tannehill of last week or week two. You can't do it. I'm sorry. A lot of you think you can do it, but you can't. So take the Colts. Take them on the money line. Hey, Dan, make sure you inform people we will be streaming live now on Outkick.com and Twitter, but people can still find the show on Outkick's YouTube page under the video tab starting Monday. That's where we're going to be. So I don't under, I think we're just kind of tired of YouTube, but we're going to go to the video tab. There you go. All right. I like it. Period. Let me say that again. Let me make sure I got this right. Because I love my YouTube audience. Make sure you inform people we will be streaming live now on Outkick.com and Twitter, but people can still find the show on Outkick, the YouTube page, under the video tab starting Monday. Monday's a big day here. And there it is. You see McNabb, you see Dockage, you see Tommy, you see our leader, Charlie and Riley and Jonathan and Chad, the whole crew in that picture. There you go. All right. Awesome. Appreciate everybody hanging in there with us all week. We had a great week. We continue to have a great week. Don't let haters get you down. Stand strong. Yeah, there you go. Have a wonderful week, all you guys on the YouTube chat. Remember, you can still watch it, but it's going to be on the videos portion on the OutKick YouTube chat. All right. All right. Got it? Hey, thanks to Ryan. Thanks to uh, Dylan. Thanks to Nick. Nick, too. Beth and Haley and Katie and Joe for coming on the show. Chad, Jonathan, for everybody that comes on the show. Danny Z. Of course, Aaron, awesome. Gary, fantastic. All right. See you guys Monday. Have a great weekend.